This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Thank you, Rabbi, very much. I, I I can't follow that, and I definitely can't follow Chaim. When the Rabbi invited me to come speak at this parlor meeting, I asked him, why does his yeshiva need a parlor meeting? Aren't there people calling you every day, asking you, do you need any money? Do you need any help? I'm, I'm like, I was sure that the community with a yeshiva like this, I was like, I don't know, everyone should be knocking on your door, just asking you how they can help you. And he said, Baruch Hashem, he gets a lot of help, but he needs a little bit more help. So I'm here to speak. We're here to give a little bit of chizuk. I fell in love with this yeshiva the first time I was in Toronto many years ago. And um, thus the, the Rosh Hashiva and his wife and the, and the boys, the boys, the boys, there were was, there was so many children and people that complain and and complain and they're just depressed and they're upset and you have these boys that were born with you know with with hearing loss and and can't hear the music and the sounds that all of us can hear and they get up every single morning and they're not angry at Hashem there's so many kids out there today that are angry at Hashem for for the most foolish reasons people are angry at Hashem and here you have children that have maybe a reason to get up and say like why can why can my brother here and I can't hear and why can my sister hear and why do they go to concerts and they hear music and I don't hear and why can't I hear my mother and father's voices and and Hashem, how could you do this to me? And I'm sitting here looking at these boys and they have more Simcha Sachaim in that yeshiva than, than in a regular yeshiva. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing yeshiva and anytime you're having a hard day and you need a little bit of chizuk, you don't need to hear Rabbi Wallstein speak, you need to go sit down and watch these kids learn. And when you watch them learn, you will have no more complaints about anything. It's an amazing yeshiva in Toronto. Has this chus. We don't have this chus in, in Brooklyn. Toronto has this chus. I feel very much that this yeshiva, I'm not great enough to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. This yeshiva is a big shmira for this town. That the, that HaKosh Baruch Hu has his children learning, um, even though they have hearing loss and getting up every day and davening. There's no question that if you're looking for the shechina in Toronto, it's it's in it's in that yeshiva. It's in Chaim. I I was speaking to the boys before I came here, and I told them that you know there, there's there's two types of speaking, and two types of hearing. There's a person who speaks from his mouth, and he gives a shear, or he's speaking to a, a group of people, and it goes into the ear, their ears, and they hear it and they process it. That doesn't always stick. Most of the time, it doesn't stick. What does stick? Dvaram hayetzim and alev, nechnasim alalev. That's a different kind of speaking, and that's a different kind of hearing. There's a lot of people out in this world that are deaf, but not deaf from the shmir of their ears, but they're deaf from the shmir of drum hayyatim halev, nechnasim halalev. Their lev is just not open to hearing. So they're not called hard of hearing. They think they could hear, but the truth is that these boys, being that mamish, I spoke to them for 20 minutes. Even though they may not hear the words and he's signing, he doesn't need to sign when you talk from your heart to them because they understand every single word. They are not deaf. They do not have hearing loss. Just the opposite. We know that when somebody has a physical disability, the other abilities become stronger. A person who's blind, his hearing becomes much greater person who's deaf, his seeing becomes much greater. Somebody who has hearing loss and can't hear the speech of the mouth, which goes into the ear, 
but the speech that goes into his soul becomes much more acute. So you have 11 boys sitting there that are not hard of hearing. They hear more than most of us can hear. I want to quote a Mishnah from Rabbi Akiva. It's the time of Sphira. Very interesting Mishnah in Pirkeyavos in the third parak. And he says the following. He says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created us in the, in the Tzelem, B'Tzelem Aleikim. He created us B'Tzelem Aleikim. And Shenema, he lets us know that he created us B'Tzelem Aleikim because it says B'Tzelem Aleikim Adam. So B'Tzelem Aleikim in English means in the image of God. How are we created B'Tzelem Aleikim? Tzelem is from the word Tzel. Tzel is a shadow. A shadow can only take on the shape of what it's shadowing. If you have a round ball, the shadow can't be square. If you have something that's square, the shadow can't be round. So that means, Rabbi Akiva is saying that every human being is a shadow of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. How could that be? We're not a shadow. It's just the answer is, Kodesh Baruch Hu is, 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 is a Baal Chesed, and we're a Baal Chesed, we also can do Chesed, but Lemaise, it's not a shadow, that's the deeds of Hashem. It seems to be that something about Hashem, every, human, every single human being, is a shadow of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. What does that mean? And the terrace is amazing, and the terrace is empowering, and the terrace is a very big chizuk, Rabbi Akiva is saying, Rabbi Akiva is saying, that there's, there's one thing about HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we say in Kriyashma, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, He's the only one in seven Rikiyas, and in this world, in the four corners of the world. Every person sitting in this room, every human being in this world, there is only one of you. Even in the Seifel Gugulim, where you're a Gilgul of someone else, you are not that other person. You have certain traits, you have to be Masakin, whatever it is. Moshe Rabbeinu was a Gilgul of Hevel, but Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't Hevel. Kayin was, was, became a Gilgul that brings down by Koirach in the Seifel Gugulim, but Kayin was not Koirach. Koirach had in him parts of Kayin that he had to fix, which was the jealousy of the Korbanos, it was in the same place, it was with the P.O.R.S., he had to fix certain things, but he was not, Cain was not. So every single person in this room, there's only one of you. There's only one Chaim. Shema Yisrael, Chaim Echad. There's one Chaim. There's only one of us, which is amazing because one of the things, attributes of God, of Akash Baruch Hu, is that he's only one. So he gave us a present and he said, you're not fish, you're not a school of fish, you're not a bunch of animals, you're not a bunch of birds. Every human being has a different fingerprint. Every single person is only one. There will never be another one of you and there never was another one of you. Which puts an enormous responsibility on your shoulders. If I am only one and there will never be another one of me, then I have to be successful. And that's what Rabbi Akiva said, and he said, that's the human being. But Klyasrol is much bigger, because not only are you only one, but you happen to be the child of a Kodesh Baruch Hu, ki atem la'ashem. And not only are you banam atem la'ashem, but I'm going to take it up a step, because sometimes fathers don't get along with their kids. But a Kodesh Baruch Hu said, no, you I get along because I gave you my most precious thing that I have in the whole world, I gave you my Torah. So you're one like me, you're my child, and I gave you the Torah. It was the chizik, the Rabbi Akiva, who went through so 
much trauma. 24,000 Talmidim. Didn't learn a word till he was 40. Was cut off by Kabbalah Savua with no support. Rabbi Akiva struggled. And in the Mishnah that he writes, he's like, I struggled, but I came to realize that I am very special. These boys are struggling, but they realize, I spoke to them today, that they're very, very special. In the Torah, the people who struggled became our leaders. Moshe Rabbeinu, we don't have time because I know the Davri Marva 10 after. Moshe Rabbeinu, if you look how many times in the Torah he told HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Ani, Aral, Tfasayim, Uchvad, Peh. I talk about this to my teachers. I talk about this a lot because Rabbi Wallerstein, who's speaking in front of you, could not speak as a child. I had the most terrible, embarrassing lisp. It was 55 years, 50 years ago in Yeshiva Spring Valley in Muncie. I was the only boy that went to speech. It was the most embarrassing thing that all the kids in the school knew that I couldn't say S. And instead of saying say, I said say. And for a little boy to have a lisp and to talk like that, of course, you sound very ridiculous, and the kids all made fun of me. And I went through a very hard time as a child and never, ever got up in front of the class and read a composition or a homework or a piece of Gemara because I could not say the letter S. And even as I'm speaking in front of you tonight, there are certain words where the TH and the S are still close to each other that I don't use them. So I know what it means to go, it's not something to laugh at, believe me. If you went through it as a child, you wouldn't be laughing, you'd be crying. I'm talking to you from my heart, not from my, not from my mouth. So I know a little bit, a teeny little bit, what these guys are going through. Moshe Rabbeinu could not speak, he told HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Ani aras v'sayim uchvat peh. I have a speech defect. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I cannot go to Mitzrayim. I cannot go to Klai Yisrael. I told it to the boys today. He could not speak. The Torah says it over 13 times that Moshe Rabbeinu was a kvad pen aroused to Messiah. Do you think the Torah wanted to embarrass Moshe Rabbeinu? The Torah was telling us that Moshe Rabbeinu, who could not speak, became the Rabbeinu of Klai Yisrael. David HaMelech was coming right now, Rus'. Rus Hamovia, who came from the lowest place in the world, from light, from an act of a father and a daughter, from light. That's where Moyav came from. That's where Rus Hamovia came from. And who comes from Rus Hamovia? David Amelech, Mashiach ben David, from the lowest place in the earth. Moshe Rabbeinu became the speaker of the eight of the ten. Asera said Dibros came from his mouth, a mouth that continuously said, I cannot speak HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Yosef HaTzadik saved the world who came from the most terrible place in the world from Mitzrayim. Greatness comes from struggle. That's where greatness comes from. Look in your Torah. The three names that were given extra, Moshe Rabbeinu, David HaMelech, Yosef HaTzadik, were three of the people in the Torah 
that struggle the most. And I told the boys, I quoted something, which I think is very important for everybody here in Pasha Shemos. And Moshe Rabbeinu says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they're not going to believe in me. I'm not a man of words. I never could speak. I still can't speak. I still can't speak. You're not fixing my mouth. I have a, I have a disability. I can't speak. So what did the greatest therapist in the world, what was the therapy that he told Moshe Rabbeinu? And I told it to the boys today. Me some Pella Adam. Who even gave you a mouth to speak or not to speak? When you needed to, I made I made Paro blind when you ran away. Who gave you all this? And this I told the boys. And now, and anyone who's going through any struggle. Lech, go. I will be in your mouth, in your disability. The only mouth that a Baruch Hu ever chose to speak pe'el peh wasn't a great orator, wasn't Aaron HaKohen who was a great speaker, or Avraham Yitzchak or Yaakov or David HaMelech or anybody ever. The only mouth that a Baruch Hu ever spoke pe'el peh, that he put his mouth Moshe Abeno's mouth was a mouth that was burnt and twisted and stuttered and lisped. That's the mouth Hashem wanted to talk to. Not the great speakers, not the great orators. Kurdish Baruch Hu has a very special place in his heart for people with disabilities because he gave them those disabilities. As he said to Moshe Abeno, you have to help them, everybody here. Most people write checks before they get to a parlor meeting because they don't want to get emotionally involved. So they write the check beforehand, and then no matter what anybody says, those are the people who listened from my mouth to their ears. But the people in this room who really know how to hear, they're very different people. I want to end. I want to tell you a story. I think one of the greatest stories ever in Chesed that I ever heard. And I know that it's a true story. It was checked out in 12 different ways to make sure that it's true. There was a man, his name was Mr. Lefkowitz, not the Mr. Lefkowitz from, from Brooklyn, Oliver Shalom. And Mr. Lefkowitz was a very wealthy man, and he was an old man, and he was in a nursing home. And he never had lost his two feet to diabetes. And he was very wealthy, so even though the nursing home had two Beds in every room. In his room, there was only one bed, and he paid for both beds. He wanted to be alone. He was an artist. He was a very intelligent man, and he didn't want to have anyone else in his room. One day, the owner of the nursing home calls him up and says, Listen, Mr. Lefkowitz, we're asking you for a favor. There's a Mr. Friedman who wants to come to the nursing home, but we don't have any room. And we ha- we're going to make room in 30 days. Someone's going to Florida. Would you let him be in your room for 30 days? He was a really nice guy, Lefkowitz. He said, But you got to promise me after 30 days this Friedman guy is out. Yes, 100%. So they bring in this Mr. Friedman, and they put him into the bed. Lefkowitz was a very happy, nice person. He gets into his wheelchair. He rolls over. He says, Friedman, welcome to my castle. Friedman's a miserable, miserable, cranky old man. 
And he's like, get away from my bed. I don't want to be here. My kids put me in this nursing home. I don't even want to be near you. Get away from me, old man. He's screaming at him. He says, listen, listen to me, Freeman. This is not the way it works. This is my room. You're my guest. If you're going to act like this, I don't want bad energy. If you're going to act like this, goodbye. Get away, screaming at him. Get away. Okay. He picks up the phone. He calls the owner. He says, listen to me. I want this guy out tomorrow. I can't have this man in my room. He is the most miserable man I ever met. Owner says, okay. He's not always like that. Okay, we'll come tomorrow. We'll, we'll move him. In the middle of the night, Mr. Lefkowitz is in his bed, and he hears Mr. Friedman crying. Gets back into his wheelchair, rolls over. Mr. Friedman, why are you crying? I told you to leave me alone. Get away from me. He says, Just, why are you crying? What's going on? He says, you really want to know why I'm crying? Come closer. Look at my face. You're not exactly the most handsome person in the world, but it's not a re- you're not that bad that you should be crying. No, no, come closer. Look at my eyes. He looks at his eyes. He says, I-, I don't know what you want. He goes, you fool. I'm blind. Mr. Happy Lefkowitz, I live in a world of darkness. You see your children and your grandchildren? I see darkness. You want me to be happy? Now get to your side of the room. Lefkowitz feels so bad that he yelled at this guy. No one told him that he was blind. He's thinking, he goes back to the side, what am I going to do? How can I throw a blind man out of my room? But I can't have such a guy in my room. Wheels back to him. He says, Freeman, listen to me. Here's the deal. I'm an artist. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to go to the window. It's a beautiful park. I'm going to be your eyes. I'm going to describe, you used to be able to see, you lost your vision, so you can still imagine. I'm going to tell you everything that's going on outside. You're going to imagine it, and in your head, you're going to see it. Freeman's like, you're Miss Sugar, get away from me. He says, here's the deal, I'll do it for an hour. If you don't like it, I will never come for the next 30 days. I will not come to your side of the room. Freeman says, deal. Next morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, sunrise. Lefkowitz gets up. Freeman, sunrise! Oh, Michigana. Michigana, I just, I just went to sleep. What? Sunrise, sunrise! And he starts talking about the clouds, cumulus, nimbus, and cirrus. And, and we're across the park, and the B-13 bus just came here, and there's a lady with a yell, eh! For the hour, he's telling him everything that, that he sees. And finally, the hour's over, and Freeman says, okay, Lefkowitz, the hour's over. Done, you can't come to my side of the room. I'm done. Next day, Freeman calls Lefkowitz over. He says, you know, you're a Meshuggah, but it's true. Everything you were describing, you described in such detail that even though I can't see, I saw it in my head. It was amazing. You want to do another hour tomorrow? This is a true story. An hour, two hours, four hours, five hours. These two, no 30 days. For a year, they were together. They were best friends. He would sit there a whole day and describe the sunset, the sunrise, the little dipper, the big dipper, the park, the, the, the hydrants, the dogs, the cats. Ah! Best friends. Rain, snow, fall, spring. Everyone in the nursing home knew. These two, one's blind, one's in a wheelchair. Put them together, they make an unbelievable person. They're so happy together. And one day, Friedman calls Lefkowitz over to his bed. He says, he called him Lefko in the story. He goes, Lefko, I have to tell you something. I see more now blind than I saw when I had my eyes. I never looked at the children in a park. 
I never looked at a sunset or a sunrise. I never looked at the stars. What you're doing for me, I see more blind than I saw with my eyes when I could see. And left said, nah, come on, don't get so emotional, come on. They were mama's best friends. And two months later, Friedman wakes up, and there's something very wrong. He feels that it's much later than sunrise. Lefkowitz, where are you? Nothing. Lefkowitz, where are you? It's late. You in the bathroom? Nothing. He pulls the string for the nurse. And the nurse walks in. And he says, nurse, where, where, where's my friend? Where's Lefkowitz? She says, Mr. Friedman, I, I'm, I don't even know how to tell you this, but last night while you were sleeping, he was having chest pains. We took him to the hospital. And this morning he passed away. What? Hashem took my eyes a second. No, it's impossible. What are you saying? I need him. I can't see without him. What are you saying? He's like, I, I, I am so sorry. The funeral is at, at 2 o'clock. Do you want to go? Do I want to go to my best friend's funeral? Of course I want to go. What time is it? It's 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. Yeah. Do me a favor. Do me a favor. In memory of my friend, ju- just go to the window and tell me 8 o'clock is the B23. It's a bus. And there's this lady. She's Meshuggah. She has a little white poodle. And she wears this heavy yellow. It doesn't matter whether it's summer or not. And right now it's summer. You're going to see it's so crazy. She wears a heavy yellow coat. Run, run. Because at 8.01, that bus is going to pull out. She goes, what do you want me to do? Go to, you got 30 seconds left. Go to the window. Mr. Friedman, I have no idea what you're talking about. What, what, you don't speak English? Go to the window. There's no window in this room. What? What do you mean there's no window in this room? What are you talking about? My friend left with me by a window for the last year and a half. What are you saying? You're playing with a, a blind man? You're playing with me? What do you mean there's no window? And he gets up. And he, he goes to Lefkowitz's bed and he goes to the wall and he starts feeling the wall and he's like, window, there has to be a window! And he's feeling the whole wall, there has to be a window! He sat by a window for a year and a half! And he feels the whole wall! There's no window. And he comes to the funeral. Mr. Friedman gets up to speak by Lefkowitz's children and grandchildren. And he says the following... He says, there are human beings in this world that do chesed. And they're willing to sit by a window and describe the world for a blind man. He says, but there are angels. And your grandfather or father was an angel that was willing to sit by a wall. He didn't see any more than I did. He sat by a wall And he made that wall into a window for me. That's not a human being. That's a malach. Many of us are going through hard times. Many of us have our own walls. I don't know if I have the money to give this yeshiva. I got investment. I got all, I got my stuff. I got my own stuff. Right, Wallstein, what do you bother? I got my own stuff. Yes, if everything was going great, I'd give a big check to this yeshiva. That's a human, that's a regular person. And I have a window? Okay. But you don't know what I'm going through. I got a wall. You got to step it up. You got to step it up like Lefkowitz. And you got to take this yeshiva's walls. Because they have hearing loss and they can't hear. And you have to be their ears. 
And you have to help them be successful. Even if you have a wall, you can make a window for all these kids. And this rabbi, why does he have to struggle? Why does he have to even ask for money? The money should be thrown at him before anyone. These are Hashem's special children. Hashem says, I rest in their disability. I am in their ears. Just like I'm in Moshe Rabbeinu's mouth. I am in their ears. You want to get close to me? Get close to them. Why did this man have to even ask for money? You can make a window for them, even if you have a wall. I'm going live by Omer Mitzvah Hashem with Hashem's help to Eretz Yisrael. And we're seeking when I get there, I'm going to go to a wall. There's no windows in that wall. Whoever's been by the coastal, there's no windows. Shlomo Melech said in Shirashirim, I will look at you, Hashem said, from the windows and from the cracks. It says in Mepharshim, the windows was when there was a base on Migdash, and the cracks are now Manashtana. What's the difference? When your kid gets on the bus in the morning and you're waving from the window, you see him and he turns around and he sees Tati waving and Mommy waving and he feels secure. That was in the times of the Beis Hamikdash. Shlomo Melech said, but there will be a time where Kodesh Baruch will look at through the cracks. The person who watches through the cracks sees the person he's watching, but when the other person turns around, he just sees a wall. That's all he sees. And that's all we have. All we have right now is a wall. The Kaisal Maravi, the weak wall, the disability wall, the weakest wall in the whole Beis Hamikdash is the one HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I love the disabled. The wall that was the least important in the whole Beis Hamikdash, that's the one that's standing, not the Mizrachvant. But that wall has no windows. He sees us, but we don't see him. Ay vey, this dar. Ay vey, what I deal with. Ay, he sees us, but we don't see him. How many children are atheists? How many children are saying, how do you know there's a Hashem? How do you know this is true? Ay, we don't see him. Ay, we don't have a window in the Kaisal Maravi. So how are we going to get the window in the Kaisal Maravi? Who says, if you take my wall, and your wall you take and turn it into a window for others, me the connect me the I'll take my wall. And I'll put the windows back in the Kosovo. That's up to us. When we take other people's walls and make them windows like Mr. Lefkowitz did, then a Baruch will put the windows back. My bracha to the boys of this yeshiva and to the Rosh Yeshiva and to all the Jewish kids who have hearing loss and who are deaf. They will hear the shofar of Mashiach before us. Because they are the closest to Akarish Baruch Hu. They will hear it, and we will hear it, and I hope we'll hear it, Bukharoy. Thank you very much. You can write out your new checks, rip up your old checks, or add a check, whatever you'd like to do. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.